Love Talk Radio. Gonna tell you a little bedtime tale, legend it will become. Burgers flying out the door, sail on. Two for one, no concern for the future. Living for today. Fast food bite on your way, lay it all to waste. The masses are afflicted now. Moo, mad cow. Mad cow. Mad cow, mad cow, line dance song. Hey, Sangai Nation, welcome to the show on another Friday afternoon. Sangai along with QT like normal. We want to jump into our interview right away today because uh, she's a little bit limited on time, but I want to make welcome Gypsy Matt. Thank you so much for being with us today. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. How are you guys doing? We are doing very well, and my understanding is that yesterday was your Russell anniversary. You've hit two years, I understand. Is that correct? Yeah, yesterday was my anniversary of the day that I started training. Well, happy anniversary, and since it is your first time with us, we always like to ask to start out What led to you getting into the professional wrestling business two years ago? So I've always liked the industry ever since I was a kid. I grew up watching wrestling. I have two older brothers, so they would always mess around with me, and we would pretend to be wrestlers. Uh, So sorry about that. And uh, my trainer, we're actually pretty good friends, um, Gino Rivera. I've known him for about three years now. So one day I just started asking him questions about it, and it seemed like something that I could actually do. So I asked him how to get started, and it just went from there. You got into the business in an interesting time. Obviously, uh, two years ago, things were somewhat normal in the wrestling industry, but there were a lot of national companies that were starting to make a lot of waves, and then about a year and a half ago, of course, things shut down for a while due to the world events that happened, and wrestling, like everything, was affected. Uh, From your perspective being in for these two years, to this point, is wrestling what you would have expected it to be like once you got into the business, or has there been a lot of things that you've noticed in the business that you didn't anticipate? Um, I guess a little bit of both. There's been times where there's a lot of drama in wrestling, a lot of drama, and I didn't really think it was going to be like that, (laughs) but unfortunately it is, especially when you get into, like, political politics and stuff like that. But I also kind of expected some of the stuff that came at me, like, you know, being on the road a lot, being away from my family, having to make these sacrifices. That was all stuff that I expected. Now, you also came in at a time that women's wrestling has really started to 
become a bigger deal. We see a lot more successful all-women shows. Uh, the major companies have pretty much all put out all-female shows at one point in time or another. But we've seen groups like Mission Pro Wrestling, where you've competed, and Shimmer and Shine, and uh, Girls Fight in the Midwest, all really pick up a lot of steam and draw good crowds. Do you think you came into the business sort of at the right time, being a female and seeing the rise of female wrestling? I do would say, um, you know, as opposed to five, ten years ago coming into the business and women's wrestling wasn't even looked at as wrestling. It was looked at as like, hey, let's make them do like bronze panty matches, dumb stuff like that, whereas now women's wrestling is the top of the line. I main invented an all-guys show. I was the only, my, uh, me and Black Widow out in Lubbock, Texas, we're the only women on the show, and we main evented that event. That's a very good accomplishment, especially being young in the sport. Uh, not a lot of promoters would put someone with that little experience into a main event spot like that. Um, traveling around the Southwest like you do, I know you've been to several states so far. Do you notice differences as far as what the crowds like and don't like at shows, or from what you've experienced, is it a pretty much standard, most crowds will like the same thing and hate the same thing? That's kind of funny that you bring that up. So in some of, like, the more southern red states, I'm just going to put it like that and not pinpoint any of them out, but those states still don't understand intergender wrestling. And that's something that really pisses me off because I train with only men. I'm the only female there. So I know I can put on a great match with a guy. Obviously, don't put me in there with someone that's like 400 pounds and like seven feet because I'm tiny. But, you know, you can put me up against a guy that's my size and I will put on probably a better show than half of your roster. Now, when you do shows that are uh, putting you in the ring against Maine or against someone that's got more experience or anything like that, do you get the feeling that you're being kind of scrutinized by the rest of the locker room when you go out there, or is it something that your peers have accepted that you've earned the spot and you're worthy to be out there? I feel like my peers, the guys that I train with, they see how hard I work and they've seen what I've gone through in my last two years being in this business and they think I deserve to be there. But you're always going to have haters in any locker room that you go to, whether it's a guy thinking women's wrestling shouldn't be a main event or some some other female thinking that you shouldn't have the opponent that you have because you haven't earned your spot. And that's the one thing about wrestling that kind of sucks is you do have a lot of people doubting you and a lot of people hating you. But at the end of the day, to me, that just fuels my fire. Now, in addition to wrestling, I know that you also have gone out as a manager slash valet slash second for a lot of 
matches with people that you've trained with, especially when you were out with an injury. I think you were doing some of that. Is that aspect of the business something that you like to do, or was it uh, something that you just did out of necessity at the time? I always really liked being a valet when I first got into the business. I always thought it was really fun. It's a different type of career that you can have in this industry and not fight. But at the end of the day, my heart is being a competitor, being that athlete. So I don't mind being a manager. If one day I can't wrestle anymore, I know that I can still do what I have to do as a manager. But my goal is to make it to the WWE as a wrestler. Never hurts to diversify in case you have something else that they need at that time. So more power exactly. to you for doing and all some of, of my it. Favorite, yeah, some of my favorite moments in wrestling were when I was a valet. I got to valet for Gino in his match against Karrion, now Karrion Cross. And that's something that I'm always going to remember for the rest of my life because that was my first big match that I was in. Now, one of the things that has been really popular, especially in the last couple of years uh, with the situation at hand, is live streaming events. A lot of independent companies were live streaming shows from their training facilities and so forth without fans just to be able to keep putting content out while they were waiting to be able to have fans back in the buildings. A lot of bigger companies will live stream shows as content because they rely on like YouTube and so forth as revenue. Some people argue that live streaming hurts the live attendance because people will stay home rather than pay to come out to the local arena and watch it. Where do you stand on live streaming wrestling shows? Do you think it's a good idea, a bad idea, or indifferent? I have um, kind of a different opinion, I guess, because the only shows I've ever worked at when they did live stream the events, it was just the first match or what we call dark matches, which are matches that happen before the actual event happens to like VIP fans. So those I have seen in the past being live stream. And I think that's a great idea because that's going to show people, Hey, this is what we do. And this is how hard we work. And these are just the opening acts. Come check out the rest of the show. And a lot of the times they will either come out to the next show or come out later for the main event. Well, at this point in time, my co-host QT is with us, and I know QT's got questions, so I'm going to pass you over to him. Well, thank you, Sangai. Hello, Vicky Nash. Hello, how are you? Oh, I'm doing very fine. Um, Gypsy Mac, did you turn out for uh, track and field or wrestling in high school? So I didn't do either in high school, but I did do wrestling as a younger kid. I did wrestling camps from the age of five until I was about 10. My brother, unfortunately, broke his collarbone during one of the matches, and my mom pulled me out because she got really scared. Oh, okay. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, but I did do it for a little bit of time. Okay. All right. Can you tell us the name of this camp for the Turnbuckle Turmoil uh, logbook? So the camp that I went to, it was just with the local public school where I'm from, which is West Las Vegas. Like it would be the West Las Vegas public school. Okay. All right. Now, was your experience at this camp kind of what, 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 uh, what uh, Adam, uh, let me see now, Tuesday Adams went through in the Adams family values? Was it that kind of camp where you had to put on a play? That's what I'm asking. <laughs> uh, no, it wasn't. <laughs> oh, okay. Now you you yourself saw that movie where they uh, t- went where they tried to scalp the other uh, popular kids at the camp, right? No, I guess I haven't. Oh if no! If I have, it's been a really really long time. Oh okay. Well, your homework assignment is to look up. Adams family values when Tuesday Adams went to went to a camp with the other kids. Okay. I'll look okay. that up. I'm surprised I haven't seen it cuz I look like I would have totally watched that movie over and over again. Oh, okay. Yes. All right. Well, now when you were 5 years old, um I'm sure you were were you in the first grade or preschool? Were you a late preschooler or first grader? I was a preschooler, a late preschooler. Okay. All right. I'm going to guess uh, a, a ballpark figure. Your weight at the time was probably, um, I'm going to say, 48 pounds as a preschooler. That sounds 48. about right. <laughs> oh, very good, 48. Okay. Now, did the other kids in your grade school know you went to a wrestling camp, and did they give you a wide berth? You know what? I don't think they did. I don't think they – I really disclosed that with other kids until I was a little bit older. Okay. Yeah, wrestling camp is not really one uh, subject to come up in kindergarten. Uh, you know, regardless if it is, kids uh, pretty much, uh, pretty much uh, uh, really quickly forget about that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I believe at that time they're more interested in playground equipment. Yes. Yeah, that's pr- or the naps. Oh, okay. Yes. All right. Okay. Well, Gypsy Mac, did Gino Rivera bake you a birthday cake for your second year anniversary? No, he did not. But I didn't bake him one either because that is OTR's anniversary as well. So we both messed up. No. Okay. All right. Well, Gypsy Mac, have you ever gone back on in you on YouTube and looked up 1960s uh, playthings uh, or gifts for Christmas? And are you familiar with the iconic Kenner Easy Bake Oven? Yeah. Well, I mean, probably not the original one, but I had one when I was little. Oh, you did. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Now, do you still have the cake mix that came with the Easy Bake Oven? No. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, uh, there is a classic Seinfeld episode where Jerry 
drugs his then girlfriend or gives her sleeping. Uh, I think it was cough medicine or sleeping pill. No, he got her. He got her um, sleepy on tryptophan, uh, eating turkey, and have her having her drink wine so he could play with her with her toy collection. And one of those toys that attracted Elaine to come over and also play with the toys was the Kenner Easy Bake Oven, Elaine. Really? Yes. That's pretty funny. I mean, I would probably do the same thing if someone had an original Easy Bake Oven. Okay, so you're on record to saying that if you had a boyfriend who had a, a lot of the 1960s and 70s toy collection, that you would feed him turkey for the tryptophan and red wine so you could play with his toy collection? Well, you see, luckily I pick really nice boyfriends that would just let me do that anyway, so I wouldn't have to do that to them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Okay, very good. Okay, now we learned that she's known to frequently speak her mind uh, on on the uh, uh, Seinfeld show, and sometimes she would demonstrate her strength by saying, get out, and pushing, pushing Jerry back several steps. My question is, how well do you believe you could do in a Hell in a Cell match with Elaine Bennis. I mean, I've never really seen Seinfeld, but oh. I do know who you're talking about, and she looks pretty scrawny, so I think I would probably win easily. Mm, okay, all right, okay. Well, now Gypsy Mac, getting back to Gino Rivera and how he did not bake you a cake, How uh, do you believe... If you were locked up in the ADX, Florence, Colorado, Supermax prison that holds such prisoners as Eric Rudolph, the Atlantic Olympic bomber, Theodore Kaczynski, the Unabomber, Tyler Bingham, the Aryan Brotherhood leader, and Joaquim Guzman, known as El Chapo, that Gino Rivera would dress up as like a, a transgender, as a transgender guest, and smuggle you a file and a cake. Do you believe he would do that for you? Pro- honestly, probably not. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, if he did, he would probably be a, a little bit unsuccessful because a supermax prison. Uh, like ADX is in Florence, Colorado, and the one in Pelican Bay that holds the Bloods and a lot of the Bloods and Crips street gang and, and an occasional Galloping Goose motorcycle club member, well, they, they're locked up in their cells 23 hours a day. Oh, Super they're maximum. like in the maximum security? Yeah, they're a level five prison. Wow, that's crazy. I didn't even know that type of prison was in Colorado, honestly. Oh, yeah, ADX Supermax. Uh, the, number t- the number two ranked prisoner that they hold is Walking Guzman, known as El Chapo. He was a drug dealer that uh, had uh, – I think he was in charge of the El Yunkin Street Gang in Mexico. 
Yeah. yeah, I know who El Chapo is. That's crazy. I didn't even, yeah, I didn't know that she was there. I thought they just shipped everyone off to like, what's the one outside of California? Oh, that is, um, oh boy, let's see. Uh, that is also the one right by the bay. Um, let me see. Oh boy, I'm not. Sh- I can't. I can't quite remember the name of it uh, right now. But uh, can't quite remember it. But no, that's that's like uh, a level four prison. The one, oh, okay. Uh, right by the bay. Uh, that Clint Eastwood. No, it wasn't Alcatraz. I think Clint Eastwood made a movie about it. The one in uh, San Francisco. No, that's not a Supermax. The Supermax holds the worst of the worst. Okay, so the other one would be more like the serial killers. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, yeah. There was one. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, have you heard of Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker? Yeah, the Night Stalker, yeah. yeah. Okay, he was held in uh, that San Francisco uh, prison. Uh Yes. Okay. Um, anyway. Okay. Uh, well, Gypsy Mac. Global warming has been on the mind of many people. These people run the gamut from politicians, environmentalists, political activists, and even people who lead their bowling league teams. My question is to raise awareness among wrestlers. Would you yourself? Agree to a stipulation match about global warming, where infrared heat lamps are placed above the ring so the temperature in the ring would be warmer than the wrestling venue itself. (laughs) That sounds horrifying because, like, at Mission Pro, I had to wrestle outside in San, like, in Texas, humidity and heat. And that was the, like, it was, no, I probably, I could not. Mm-mm. Okay. No, so I hate being we'll, sweaty. <laughs> well, okay. Well, uh, it, that's, uh, that's, so do you, is one of your stipulations yourself or demands that you wrestle in a nicely air conditioned ring? I wish, but I just have to get what I'm given. I just don't want to make it worse than it already is. Oh, Okay. All right. Well, when you uh, did uh, wrestle your brothers, did you, uh, did you wrestle them in the backyard? And if so, were you a babyface? I wrestled them in the front yard, but yes, I was a babyface. Oh, okay. All right. Did, was there ever a time where you swung a Tonka truck, Tonka trunk, um, truck, Tonka truck at your brother and maybe gave him a bump on the head? Tonka truck. Definitely not one of those, but I have hit him with a front, like with a sheet pan before in the back. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Well, Gypsy Mac, the, the, I looked it up, and the, the jail or prison in California that, I w- that housed um, Richard Ramirez was San Quentin. Oh, okay. San Quentin. That's what it is. San Quentin. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, Gypsy Mac, have you ever suffered the injury of a sprained ankle while wrestling? Sprained ankle. 
Not a sprained ankle. I have rolled both of my ankles. Okay. All right. Can you tell our Turnbuckle Turmoil listeners what footwear you currently wear and how much did they cost? So, like, the ones that I wear in the ring? Yes. For training? Um, I wear just some, like, Adidas running shoes. I think they're, like, $60. Okay. Okay. Running shoes. Very good. Okay. Now, uh, Gypsy Mac, one of the more famous inmates in San Quentin, recently died, and he was on death row. His name was Rodney Alcala, A-L-C-A-L-A. And he was oh, that known sounds as, really familiar. Yes, he was on the dating game back in the 70s. Oh, yes, uh, and he was the one where the guy was like, oh, I like you, and he was like, nah, I don't like you because I don't flow that way, and it just went really bad. Well, I, um, I know that the, the girl picked him out of the three contestants, and um, he w- uh, went over and gave her a hug. And the dating game stipulates that if you don't feel comfortable going out with your date, then you can um, reject that date. And uh, the girl, I think she saw something in his eyes or something, and she rejected him. But, and it was good that she did because Rodney Akala is known as the dating game killer. He died at 77. Wow, that's crazy. I actually really like true crime a lot. That's my passion besides wrestling. Why, uh, this leads to another question. Why hasn't any wrestler that I know of approached the ring as a Sherlock Holmes character? Sherlock Holmes. Be pretty interesting. Well, there you go. You could think about that, and you could uh, uh, come down to the ring. I'm not sure what your entrance music would be, but if you could have a Sherlock uh, Sherlock uh, uh, detective uh, cape and uh, what's he carrying? Eyeglass to to look at uh, fingerprints and eyeglass. Yeah. Okay. And I got, and I think he had somewhat of a cape and a, and a pipe, and you could you could maybe go under the moniker, I am the most famous uh, wrestling detective alive. I will research you and find your weaknesses and then pin you. That could be something you could think about. Yeah, that would work. Oh, okay. All right. Well, uh, Gypsy Mac, it's been good uh, talking with you. Um, my homework assignment for you is to look up Elaine Bennis, Easy Bake Oven, and maybe go on, uh, as you're looking at YouTube, look up Rodney Akala, the dating game killer. I, I would I would have liked to have seen Andre the Giant pummel him. That's my opinion. Andre <laughs> the yes. Yeah, I'm going to have to definitely look that one up because I'm pretty sure I've heard it before, but. Yes, yes, he recently died. Okay, okay. well, uh, back to you, Sunday. Thank you, QT. Well, Gypsy Mac, I know you uh, were limited in time today, but before you go, I want to give you ample time. If there's anything you would like to say to the listeners, plug and promote anything and everything, merchandise, social media, upcoming shows, your 
favorite seafood restaurant, anything you would like, floor is all yours. So I am making my debut at Lingerie Fighting Championship in a couple of weeks in uh, South Dakota at Sturges. So if you guys are interested in checking that out, you can head over to my Instagram, and the link is going to be in the bio. And there you can also get into my Facebook, my YouTube. I have my most recent match, which is that main event one put up there. If you look on YouTube, Gypsy Mac Wrestling, I'll pop right up. Well, Gypsy Mac, it has been an absolute pleasure having you here today. I want to wish you the best of luck. Hopefully our paths will cross at some point in the near future, and hopefully we'll have you right back here at some point soon. Sounds good. Thank you for having me. Our pleasure. Fans, definitely check out Gypsy Mac. She is fairly new to the sport, but she's already very, very good. She's very well trained by Gino Rivera, so check her out on the YouTubes. And if she's near you, go buy a ticket supporter. Great talent. Well, QT, there's a lot going on in the next couple of days. I have some show notes here. So if fans are looking for some wrestling tonight, WCWO at the Outlaw Arena in Indianapolis, Indiana. APW in Bourbon, Indiana. FGW in Hamilton, Ohio. WPW has a two-day event in Rocky Top, Tennessee, tonight and tomorrow. LBW in Harrington, Kansas. IWA Mid-South doing the King and the Prince of Death match in Indianapolis over the next couple of days. And you can find me later tonight in Port Orchard at the Mall for Northwest Pro Wrestling. Tomorrow night. Glamour makes its debut, the very first all-female wrestling promotion in the state of Washington. And then that will be followed immediately by Northwest Pro at the Key Peninsula Civic Center in Vaughan, Washington tomorrow. So you get two shows back-to-back. NWP in Terre Haute, Indiana tomorrow. RWR in Spanaway, Washington. 5CC Wrestling in Bellingham, Washington, featuring former guest of the show, Jamie Senegal, HWF in Lewistown, Pennsylvania, and Pro Wrestling King in Bourbon, Indiana. So there's lots out there. Tons happening in the state of Washington in the next two days. So if you are near some local pro wrestling, go support it. Lots more popping up all the time. Great time to be a pro wrestling fan. QT, are you going to make it to some wrestling tomorrow? I believe I am the sign guy. What was the one? Did you say that there was a match in Spanaway? There is. RWR will be in Spanaway tomorrow. What time is that? I believe it is a 6.30 start. Is that at Uncle Sam's Tavern? It is not. Let me look up the information real quick, and I'll be able to tell you that. While I do that, why don't you hum something? Oh, I I am very busy sending a a pertinent, and uh, how would you say, a legitimate? No, um, uh, a a pertinent uh, YouTube clip of uh, our guest today, Gypsy Mac. I mean... 
it's a YouTube video that has to do with our with our uh, guest today. I can't really hum hum right now. Oh, okay. Well, no. I do have the information for you. Let's see. Oh. It is tomorrow in Spanaway at Rumors Bar and Grill. I see. Now, do they have a number of stars by this grill that uh, like a four-star bar or a five-star, which only caters to the um, high society, or maybe a one? which is uh, uh, try to guard your wallet. No stars are recorded on the flyer, but it does say there will be catered food and refreshments. I wonder, I wonder who's in the uh, title match. Are there any uh, local wrestlers that we have interviewed that are going to be at this Rumors Barton Grill? Uh I would think so, but I cannot confirm at this point. I believe some of the names that will be there are uh, Rock and Rip Key Gibson, and I believe also Rebel Kell will be there. Okay. All right. I, I will do some research into this Rumors Bar and Grill in Spanaway and see if I can uh, – this is RWR Wrestling – uh, and try to get back to our uh, fans about that. What What is RWR anyway? Rankin Wrestling Revolution. Let's Wrestling. see. Ha, here we go. I found a better poster. Some people that we have interviewed on the show include Max Burnside, Sonico, Drake Kwan, and Derek Drexel. And Dave Turner. Whoa, Dave Turner and Derek. Whoa, boy, now this is quite the choice. Oh, okay. I, yeah, I, it, it looks I, like uh, it says four bands, fourteen wrestlers, eight hours of rock and roll mayhem. This is uh, that sounds kind of spicy. Oh, okay. A boy, little bit. Speaking of spicy, you also have Guillermo Rosas on the card. He yourself going to send Devin Bellinger a link that, of this. He might be kind of interested. I doubt it because it's not Marysville, and he doesn't think any town outside of Marysville, Washington exists. But one of his other personalities could go down there. And there's no tea house involved. Yeah, you're kind of right about that. Oh, okay. There we go. Rankin, Rankin Wrestling. Ooh, boy. Okay. Well, that's uh, very good. Uh, sign, uh, who do we have on uh, coming up on Sunday? Just curious. Coming up on Sunday. Sunday, we kick off Photography Month, where we have all wrestling photographers on Turnbuckle Turmoil on Sundays in August. We start out with Mouse. Robert Bellamy, he is out of Indiana. He's been a photographer all over the eastern half of the country. He is constantly a game-changer wrestling. He is in several Indiana-based promotions. He travels to several different states. Fantastic photographer. And he is the stepfather of former guest of this very program, Billy Starks. So he is 
done a lot. He uh, usually takes a carload of wrestlers to and from shows. He's a big, big help to people behind the scenes. I'm really excited to have Mouse with us. That's good. All right, time. Well, I've got to get to my shoot job. Are you going to hum something first? No, no, no humming. No humming. I have a little bit of a sore throat. I'm going to put alum, alum on it. Alum. Alamar, the drummer from the Razor Ramones? Yes. Alamar, yes. Well, I don't want to uh, see why he's on your throat, but if it helps, it helps, I guess. Okay. Have you yourself ever thrown Alam at Devin Bellinger? Alam. Have I ever thrown Alamar at South Park Bellinger? I have not. I have not thrown any of the Razor Ramones at him. In fact, I think that South Park Bellinger is one of the Razor Ramones because I'm pretty sure he's actually Rex Razor Sharp as well. Well, I think they added on a new member, yes. New member recently. Okay. Oh, wow. Well, in in a sad moment in rock, um, Dusty Hill of ZZ Top uh, passed away. Um, Let's have a moment of silence for Dusty Hill. Uh, one of the better uh, bass players in all of rock history, at least top five. Yes. All right. And also uh, the drummer from the band Slipknot passed away this week, so there's a few deaths in the music industry. Hey, boy, that's All right, son. Well, I, I will look at a little bit of Rankin Wrestling Revolution, and if I can find more details, I will pass them on to Devin Winter. Arthur Fraser. All right, but he's going to say that can't be because it's not in Marysville, and that's the only place that exists. Oh, okay. All, All right. right. Well, well, fans, uh, we will wrap this up nice and neat a little bit early, and then Sunday we will be back with you with Mouse who I mentioned before, fantastic guest. We're really excited to have him as we kick off Photography Month. You can find me tonight in Orchard, Washington at the mall. Tomorrow night I'll be at both Glamour and Northwest Pro back-to-back shows, two shows in one, if you will, at the Cape Peninsula Civic Center in Vaughan, Washington. So make sure you have plans to be with us. Also check out the guest from today, Gypsy Max. He's a fantastic talent. And we will talk to you soon. Thank you.
Yeah.